Hello everybody and welcome to The Bit Effect. Today we will be discussing a game full of mystery and wonder. And the storyline is, well, it's open to interpretation. So we don't know a lot here at The Bit Effect, but we do know one thing. Gavlan Wheel and Gavlan Deal. Alright, so joining me today is my good friend Craig. You know fine well, I have but one thing to give. And that is your body. <laughs> um, Alright, so, as with Bloodborne, as with Persona 5, today we're talking about Dark Souls 2, and this is a game that, to one of us at least, is super special and important. So we're going to try our damnedest not to fuck it up. So do bear with us. Mm-hmm. And by bear with us, I mean, Craig, could you kindly read the stats, please? Would you kindly? Are you Would really you doing kindly? this to me? Yes, I am. This is important, Craig. Dark Souls 2, Scholar of the First Sin, was released by Fandom and powered by Wikia. <laughs> In conjunction with Fexture Life. Uh-huh. It was developed by From Software, published by some people. It was released on Xbox One, PlayStation 3, Microsoft Windows, and Xbox 360 on April the 1st, 2015. I can imagine anything releasing on April the 1st has certain tones Yeah, of, right? Oh, oh, oh. Uh, it also released for PlayStation 4, which is where we both played it, I believe. Oh, of course, yep, yep. Uh, and it was published by Bandai Namco. This says publishers BNE Entertainment, Bandai Namco, AKtronic Software, and services. GmbH. Uh, that I have no idea. It sounds German. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Maybe that's maybe a Windows port or something oh, maybe. like that. Uh, okay, so all of that nonsense aside, uh, this is monumental for a few reasons. Number one, this is my favorite Dark Souls game in the series of Dark Souls. Like Elden Ring smashes everything, but uh, in the Souls series, Dark Souls Two reigns supreme for me. But for Craig, this is his mm -hmm. first Dark Souls game after coming on Bloodborne and Elden Ring. It is. Um, and it's been exciting. I did actually start the first Dark Souls, but bounced off it for one reason or the other. I don't know. I'd got a few bosses in it. It wasn't the right time. And then we picked up this. And I think at some point in the past few months, I cheekily messaged you and I was like, why did you pick Dark Souls 2 instead of Dark Souls 3? And it was kind of like a wee bit of, uh, oh, can we not just play Dark Souls 3 and get it over with? <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm so glad we played this. Um, this has been my first rounded Dark Souls experience. And it's been delightful. Uh, as a appetite winner for your final thoughts, which we'll be doing in roughly five minutes because I don't have much to say about this. Uh... <laughs> It has whetted your appetite for more souls. Oh yeah, completely. Like I've already started Dark Souls three, and I'm still immediately enjoying it after many many times of not getting up past Artifact Grundier Grundier Artil Monday. I can't remember his name. I'm terrible with names. <laughs> As you'll find out for this entire episode, I remember no one's name. Like, I just... Names aren't a thing that I deal with. You did remember Gavlan, though. 
And that's important. Oh, yeah. Um, and Gavlon's one of the few. Well, he, he does kind of stand out. Okay, mm-hmm. so one of the reasons why I picked Dark Souls 2 was, like I said, it's my favorite. But the other reason was, as a pair of fresh eyeballs, mm-hmm. what do you think of the most divisive game in the series? Um, one could say the worst community-wise in the series. So uh, I very much had an ulterior motive there because, number one, we need to get more people to say Dark Souls 2 is the best game in the series. And two, you're coming from everything after this point. I know, yeah. Um, you've, said, you've said before, you, you find older souls clunky. <laughs> so... Um. With that in mind, I have a few questions. This is going to be kind of an interview, if you don't mind. I know, yeah, this is, this is, I'm, I'm excited. This is unplanned and unscripted. As we do here. So, when you first booted it up and you saw that wonderful opening cinematic. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. What were your thoughts coming from, like, did you have a build in mind? Did you have an idea of what you wanted to play like was what was your thoughts going into this oh like very my first thought for every game of played like this so far is let's try and build a dexterity heavy bloodborne build and roll with it like literally roll (laughs) if we can get quick step the better yeah and roll some more i that's three for three now that's exactly how i've played it and i will go back to elden ring and play some more magic or something else uh but that is exactly what i wanted to do and before when i tried the first dark souls and when i tried bloodborne many times and i played elden ring, like i never ever i never pieced together rolling and dodging and even blocking to a certain extent as a thing. Like, I was very aggressive, which is not like me at all, but very aggressive in my playstyle. And now that I'm getting a wrangle over my fingers and how I need to do this, when I started this game and got to make my build, like, you know, like, I can't even remember the starting class I used, but you start with two scimitars. Scimitars? Scimitars. Yeah? Is that the, the one? sea is silent. It's a scimitar, yeah. Scimitar? It's, gim- uh, it's pronounced Gavlan? You started with two Gavlan. Gavlans. I started with two <laughs> Gavlans, and, and then immediately felt like dual-wielding something and being able to just stab and do things is totally where I am at. So having a class that defaults to this just worked a treat for me. Absolutely. All right. So you've made it past your character creation. Um, what, mm-hmm. what first question on the list, Craig, is how did the wall of stats hit you coming from a game from games that have simplified this? Oh, as like I was even more excited by this. The more numbers, the better. With things that I don't even understand that you know you explain via text. Keep an eye on your agility because that is your. Like, how many iframes you have. Like, I love all of that. I love knowing that there are light caps and big caps to stats, and I love gaming my way through it to get the best I can out of a character. So access to more numbers just delights me. 
Okay, so, I, yeah, we should say this is not exactly a pristine beginner experience because Craig was kind of using me as a wiki to mm -hmm. be like, mm -hmm. what the fuck is adaptability? Uh, things yeah. like that. If you hadn't had that, would that have impacted you or would you have just gone on to Google it out of curiosity? I probably wouldn't have even... I, I might not have even Googled adaptability until later on in the game because I... I level up in a very specific way. First things first, everything has to be an even number. So even if it's a stat, I'm never going to use Amen, it. Amen, brother. Five, it's got to be six. And I, I will do that first. And then I just generally level up dexterity until I start dying from single hits. <laughs> and then, like, I don't like endurance and dexterity are where it's at for me. So I, the rest of it, I didn't particularly care about. It was that one specifically, adaptability, I had never considered, heard of, thought of. I would never even have thought to Google it. It would have just sat there. And until you said, that's your, you know, like, invincible role iframes, mm -hmm. at that point, I was like, oh my god, that's great. So then I Googled the different caps and levels, and it turns out that 105 gives you 13 iframes, and it takes an extra 10 levels to get 15 iframes. So I capped at 105, which meant... Yeah, it's very 30, much a soft cap. Yeah, and 32, 32 in agility to get there. And that that like that's all I did. I got to 32. If it had said 31, I would have still given it an extra level just to get oh, that yeah. even number. I think that's how um, you summon the devil is you have odd number of stats. Yeah. But, like, genuinely, I, I wouldn't Google a lot unless I was really, as we'll discuss later, really, really, really struggling with a certain aspect of the game. I'll just roll with it and see if I get on okay. All right, uh, let's put a halt on this for a moment because I realized something. Mm -hmm. If you are listening to this as a, well, what is Dark Souls 2? I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. We 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 had a bit of a talk, and we're kind of going into this with the assumption that you're familiar with the Souls franchise, so we don't have to explain. Okay, it plays third person action RPG, and it works like we're very much going into it that you're familiar with Dark Souls two because I mean these games have sold bucket loads. These things are now mainstream as all hell. Like there's mainstream as Call of Duty now. Um, so we're going off of the base assumption that you have at least a working knowledge of how Souls games play. And we'd like to talk more about uh, what makes Dark Souls 2 unique. So that's why we decided to take this approach. I'm sorry. If you just want to hear what we think of the bosses, you can probably skip ahead to a chunk into the episode. Because we do plan on talking about the bosses. Because that's very much the uh, the draw of a Dark Souls game. Is cool bosses. All right, mm. continuing on with this <laughs> interview. Um, yes. this Dark Souls 2 introduced weapon degradation as a concern. It was there before. This is the first one where it's like, oh, I might run out of sword power halfway through this fight. Yeah. Oh, the first time that happens, you're like, what, what do you mean my sword's broke? And then it feels <laughs> like you're hitting a boss with a hot dog. Pretty much. And not um, a particularly stiff hot dog either. It's a limp hot dog. No, it's absolutely epic. It's, and I, I, like, I really like this. This is not, you've got a tree branch in Breath of the Wild and three hits and it snaps and you find a new tree branch. 
there are ways to mitigate it. So it becomes another thing that you need to manage. And I think that's where this game felt really good was in the management of things like your weapon durability, like your endurance. It A lot of it is endurance and stamina management and trying to do all that while dodging a boss is so interesting and exciting that I I you just deal with it. You just have a second sword equipped. Or well, I guess weapon. my question would be: Would you prefer no weapon degradation, or enough no. to where you hit the bonfires enough to where you never really run into it, as is the case with the first and the third? No, no, I I really like to. I think it adds to it because you come across bosses later on that are. There's like frozen stone golems that totally ruin your sword. So I had a backup sword for hitting them. I had a backup whip for if my main weapon broke. I love. What made you decide a... whip? That's an odd choice for like, and I'm gonna have a whip because because of all the things I've wanted to do, I've wanted to play about with the whips more. I did actually have. <laughs> Um, a sword that's R2, the puzzling sword. It's yep. R2 acts like a whip. And I like that as well. Like, I, I think I might get into whipping people. <laughs> uh, you may want to discuss that with your wife beforehand. Mm. But you have my <laughs> blessing. Um, okay, uh, yeah, so the, that was very controversial. Like, And this is where pretty much the, let's call it a meme, even though it hasn't been funny for 12 years, of putting hidden passage ahead in front of a wall because in this if you're going around smacking all the walls your weapon degradation just chunk chunk yeah. chunk 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 um i gotta say like this is the first one i've played where that wasn't a, like i didn't encounter that at all anytime it said like anytime i had a, a, a message that said you know hidden passage ahead generally speaking there was one there <laughs> like it was uh, really odd. Yeah. Well, we're also, like, to be fair, you're playing it in the Twilight years. Like, dude, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. not gonna lie, when this first released, there was about 4.7 million tri-tongue butthole messages near every NPC oh, because they, th- yeah, it, it was a mess in the beginning because, yeah. remember, if a joke is funny once, it's funny for the 7,000th time. Dark Souls yeah. community. One, one, oh no. The one that got me as a cheeky, puerile, childish comment, but I still chuckled when I read it, was just in front of Cloan and it just said, nice view. <laughs> and I was like, Matt. I, um, uh, the, the, the ones yeah. I love are, are the ones where you know, you'll know you run across a skeleton and it just says, don't give up, skeleton. I, I love that. Because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, the poor skeleton. I, okay. God. There was a heap. Sorry, like I played the first half of the game offline and then when I went online, there's a heap of really useful comments like beware yeah. left and all that kind of crap. Whenever I played that in any other game, there was one trolley bit of this, which I'll say in a wee second, but whenever you play like Bloodborne or Elden Ring, it was very trolley feeling. A lot of it was... Unless you beat a boss and then it says nice job and everyone yeah. says nice job. Whereas this actually genuinely felt like a lot of the comments and messages left were handy. Um, apart from 
the ones that you read that are against the wall and then it turns out that someone's put it there so that an invisible person comes out and slashes you <laughs> while you're reading the message that got a bit annoying um i i i'm not gonna lie there's a few times you make some tricky platforming jump to a boulder to read the message on it because you're like well what is it oh somebody just said boulder okay i i find that mildly amusing again for the first 10 times but yeah like yeah. once once a souls game kind of hits its twilight you really only start to see hey let's let's actually help everybody here um Speaking of, this is really your first game that has covenants as a thing. Because mm. Elden Ring, sort of, and, and Bloodborne, like, you could be a vile blood, or you could, you know, yeah. it, it's very... Um, I'm curious, did playing this in its twilight where there's not a lot of players, did you miss having a, maybe using the covenant system at all? No, I don't think so, because as far as my understanding is, like, the Covenants provide a lot of online funky things, like being summoned to places or summoning people in, or if you get attacked by certain people, then someone else will jump. Yeah. Like, all of that, I kind of, like, I've never, I've never, I've never really played to summon people in to beat any bosses or anything like that. The only time that I got any enjoyment out of that was Bloodborne. Where after I beat a boss and I really enjoyed it, I ended up like just putting myself out to be summoned time and time and so time again. Natural and yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um so the covenants I got a you reached maximum covenant of whatever covenant it was, and I was like, I don't even know how I did that. I think I was killing NPC invaders. And I then, believe it, um, you somehow did accidentally did the Covenant of Champions as your first playthrough. Okay, okay. Which which um, is kind of an offline Covenant. Okay. What and one was that? That was the one up the hill, wasn't it? Yeah, that like while you're in Majula, you go up the hill mm -hmm. and then you yeah. hit that. Which, I'm not going to lie, that's fairly impressive that you did the Covenant... Of champions. I mean, what it does is it blocks you from summoning NPCs into fights. It's basically, mm -hmm. I'm going to man mode this, and that's about it. Yeah. Well, it turns out I missed out on trophies because I didn't know you could summon NPCs because I spent most of my time undead or hollowed or whatever the hell it is. Yeah, hollowed, yeah. You cannot sub. It doesn't explain it anywhere, but you can't summon an NPC unless you're human. I didn't get it. Like, I just did not understand why I, there was no summon signs ever anywhere. Well, one was that you were in the Covenant of Champions, too. Like, like even if you're human in the Covenant of Champions, you're not, you can't summon any NPCs. Oh, by, like, that's I think the by point. the end, I joined the Sun Covenant for some, oh, oh, oh because. I, for, the Sun Bros. Yeah, for something else. And I did, eventually, I could see the summon signs. The summons, like, I hate a summon for some strange reason because every time you do it, does it not, like, double the boss's health yet the summon dies straight away? And you're like, oh. Um, and I see, uh. I, I have a different approach to summons. Uh, I, I, if there is an NPC, in this especially, because the way, that, this is the first time Dark Souls did this, in order to progress story, personal storylines like Luke Teal or Ben Hart, 
you need to summon them and make sure they're alive through the boss fight. And I think it's three boss fights to have to make it through before you can see the end of their quest line. And I don't know if it's just a Dark Souls 2 thing or not, but I enjoy going in with summons, especially since we will talk about how bosses feel in this now. Like they feel very different than you would think going back to it. Uh, so for me, like summons are an interesting wrinkle to the game. They do help even if they die fairly quickly because if you're learning mm -hmm. a boss, it's like, okay, at least he's not looking at me. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like like there there is a bit of a stigma in the Souls community of like real men do it alone and you accidentally did that. But yeah, I, I enjoy summons. It no. makes me you feel like you're more of a world to me. Yeah. I think, like, by the end, when because I, I started using the bonfire aesthetic things mm -hmm. and started summoning... Because I had one of the crowns, which means you don't go hollowed. I think all of them might do that. I don't know. But when you start summoning people, you're right, because it, it does feel... It just feels like they're taking some... They're not even taking that much of the pressure off because most of the bosses will ruin you if you're behind them as yeah. well as to the side of them. So it just it just feels a bit more cool. Yeah, yeah, it feels like... like um, the, uh, to use another game that I like, it, it's the difference between doing a monster in multiplayer in Monster Hunter versus by yourself. It's just, yeah, I feel like I'm part of a team kind of thing. And yeah. depending on what your playstyle is like if you're super heavy into miracles you can just sit and act as the healer for the group of npcs that you have and that's a new interesting way to experience the bosses if you're super yeah. familiar with them all right so back to the new guy mm. um this also introduced and I, this has got to be like proto blood vials right like life yeah, gems yeah Mm -hmm. How do you feel about life gems versus Estus Flask? I kind of like the life gems because not only are they reasonably cheap, good backups, it's like 300 souls for a one that does a wee bit of healing, but you can carry up to 99 of them, so you've got 99 of them, not just 20. 99 in your inventory. So if I'm roaming about the land on a death run, trying to find the next bonfire, I use Estus flasks. If I'm making my way towards a boss and I'm taking a few knocks, I will use the life gems to keep my Estus flasks for the boss. Um, yeah. And that's kind of like the way I played the whole game. So I, th I think they're great. I mean, I finished the game with 99 wee ones and, you know, like 50 <laughs> middle... Like, you just, they just sit there not being used. I had 400 divine blessings and I'm like, oh my God, I could have full healed so many times. But they're, they're good. I am a fan. I've always been a fan of, not always, just since I played it, but a fan of the Bloodborne side of things. Yeah. Like I always thought starting with 20 blood vials felt a bit, it feels a bit more restrictive but at the same time it feels a bit more flexible that really doesn't make any sense it suits the way i play a bit more okay like like personally i think i even said it i'm not a fan of the blood vial system because it leads to farming and i i think farming is kind of antithesis to these kind of games and very much this one because they're like all right you've killed that thing enough you're not going to get to kill it anymore yeah. um but I, I do like having that because uh demon souls 
the first one was nothing but disposable healing oh, items. Really? Okay. Yeah. So it, imagine just having life gems, and then and then it went to just the Estus flask, and now they're like, well, what if we combine the two? I I think it works as like you said that intermediary. Either okay, I took a little bit of a hit, or I'm poisoned. Let me pop a couple mm-hmm, of life mm-hmm. gems, and we'll punch through it. I ended up uh, kind of like you. You just end up using life gems more than Estus flasks. But yeah. for me, that that's that's not a huge deal. I think they didn't perfect it until Elden Ring. I think it works really well in Elden Ring. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, they're very much a work in progress here. Now you mentioned something there, and I think. You, me, and you play this game very differently, right? Oh no. Okay. Yes, but like, I don't know what I mentioned. <laughs> um, I tend to play Souls games like I do Resident Evil games. If I come across somebody, he will be dead before I move on. Um, if I'm going from the bonfire oh. to a boss, I am very much a, I will clear every enemy I can find until I okay. get to the boss. You like to play football sometimes, right? Oh yeah, I absolutely. Like, I love it. As soon as I'm on, like, a boss run, there's only one area, which we will discuss later, that I didn't do this. But if I'm on a boss run, I will football myself to the end and be munching life gems as I'm going through the fog gate to make sure that I'm just up to scratch (laughs) for for fighting the boss. I, I, like, I love doing that. I, I always feel like when I'm going for the boss and I've got in my head a game plan of what I'm going to do, I'm too impatient to start clearing the area and it's super dangerous and you do have some stupid deaths. I died a lot more times rolling off of things or being, you know, like stunlocked yeah. by a a weird, th- an undead guy that just jumps out of nowhere and you're like, I knew you were coming and I didn't roll and I deserve this death. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Uh, May I have another? Uh, exactly. Like when I found out that you could kill people I googled it, I think it's 12 times. Yeah, 12 or 13, yeah. Yeah. And the the despawn, I like that. But I just feel like, do you not end up with just really empty levels? And then I told you I actually despawned most of the Forest of Fallen Giants or whatever. Just because I thought it would be a great way to play. And it turns out it's a terrible way to play. Like, I'd rather um... just run through people. I now, so we should talk about the despawning system. This is the only game that does it, and I think that's something they really should have took forward. Because yeah. for me, mm-hmm. if I prove I can kill this guy thirteen times, I'm good. I don't need to fight him again, and I don't like from the beginner angle. Which I mean, you're a beginner to souls, but you're not a beginner to souls. If you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, then that can kind of hurt a beginner, though, because what if they were just using that to farm some souls to pump a little bit more vitality to get through this area that they're having trouble with? Like, I'm kind of eh on it. Yeah. But um, for me, I, I never try to clear out an area. There's only one area where I ended up clearing, like, half of it because I played in a very dumb way for that area. But is, is it the same place as me? Oh, where know. was it for you? The the run up to Sir Aloni. Oh, uh, no, 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 no. I I okay. I went through and I stabbed every single one of those stupid lizards and was like, "All right, you're done. <laughs> Let's go to the boss." I uh, know for me it was um 
public service announcement. Don't play the Shrine of Ramana with fist weapons. It's very oh, yeah. frustrating. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I ended up despawning like two or three of the sorceresses in the Shrine of Ramana because punchy, 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 man. Mm-hmm. But um, do you think that's something like how do you feel about that as a whole of like, oh, you should have took this forward or I'm glad you left it here? Um, I think oh, both things work. So either let's go with Joe Bloggs, who needs the souls to level up to get Hi, more health to get through the area. I think that is a worse approach to helping Joe than you're trying your best or you're trying to get through this area, but Tough love. you've killed that person so many times that we're not going to give you that person anymore. It's a really difficult call to make because I've only played... Maybe when I get further into Dark Souls 3, I might think differently. But for me, the the one time where it came in really handy, I would have cried if I just had to keep on doing that because those nights were just bugging me. Oh, yeah, yeah. They don't, they don't fuck about, man. Yeah, they're just really, really. No, yeah, like that, that's a that's an interesting knock on effect of if you are having trouble with a boss, your boss run is now almost instantaneous. You can just go. Yeah, I, 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 that works. That to my mind, that works because the whole point is, if you make it easier to get to the boss, and then you get, I'm not saying get good in that meme, but I'm yeah. saying if you make it easier to get to the boss, like a bonfire right beside the boss fog. And you get good at beating that boss and you beat that boss, that is so much more satisfying than mauling the NP like the mobs fifty times to level up to just beast your way through the boss. Like there's a balance there, and I think this does it really well. Yeah, like, I think this Okay. Sorry. No no no, I was gonna say it's it's kind of the difference between like a Celeste versus a super meat boy approach. Whereas Celeste will have those checkpoints in the middle of a level if it's really hard. Meat Boy is just like, okay, instantaneous restart. Let's go. Yeah. But you still have to do the whole level every time. Um, I guess, yeah, that could be down to personal flavor. Personally, I kind yeah. of like it. Because, well, that now we have to get into the, um, the bad side of Souls. <clears throat> oh, no. Uh, what the, bad the, side? As a person who is new to Souls, but has done Bloodborne and Elden Ring, as we've said many times, how important to you is the difficulty? Out of curiosity. Um, like I said to you before, this is one of the games where I take the greatest amount of pleasure and making it more difficult for myself because I really enjoy the combat. Like, I really enjoy the difficulty and trying to make sure I overcome up. Like, if, if this the was boss runs or something. Yeah, like, I really enjoy it, and I, I don't like that for a lot of other games, but for this, I do. So there, there's points later in the game that we can talk, like I just say now, I didn't kill many people in a lot of areas to not level up like I, I wasn't like i'm so good at this i don't want yeah. to level up i was just like i'm really happy with the difficulty right now so i'm just gonna roll through this and run there and get to the boss and it 
that felt good to me. Like, I really feel really good playing it like that. And it's because it's difficult. And the disappointment comes when I'm like, oh, I just killed, I'm not going to name the name, but such and such a boss. And I literally stood at his left armpit and stabbed him until he was dead. <laughs> and there was just no consequences whatsoever for standing yeah. by his left armpit. So, like, the difficulty is important, but it's not a badge of honour for me. It's not a, I beat dark souls and blah, blah, blah. It's nothing to do yeah. with that. It's just, it was enjoyable. Okay, like, because this is something we'll definitely talk about later. Coming back to this, and I'm going to say this, and I'll sound like the stupid monster. This game is piss easy. Like, piss easy. And that's not to um, denigrate anybody that may have trouble with this. It's just, if you've played Demon Souls, Dark Souls 1, 2, 3, then Bloodborne, then Sekiro, and then Elden Ring, coming back to these very simplistic patterns... Yeah. Is almost a breath of, not fresh air, but a breath of cool air. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember when I was struggling with this kind of thing. Now, you're like this weird savant preternaturally good at these games. I'm just good How, at timing. <laughs> well, again, we're going to do Iceborne. And I hope that mm. thing puts you through the ringer. Uh, but, I hope so, too. <laughs> how does it feel for you coming into a fresh game but not struggling with, let's just say, most of the bosses? Yeah. Do, do you know what? It felt good because even though you're not struggling in the same way you struggle with one of the Elden Ring bosses, um, I won't name anyone in particular, but sometimes you you meet a boss and you're just like, that boss is annihilating me because they're Let me solo her, so, is all we'll say. <laughs> yeah, like, their moveset is so great. You know, they're... As in wide, they've got a broad move set. There's three phases, and they're all vaguely, like massively different. And you need to adapt, and you need you need to learn patterns and be good at timing. With this, the it's so early days that the patterns are so obvious that all you're doing is timing whatever method you you're either timing a roll or a dodge or a block. You're just remembering that type thing. So when there's some bosses in this that um, go go astray from this like Fume Night later has a broader a broader portfolio cool. of moves yeah. yes that all of a sudden you're like oh oh this is I did not expect that and this and that and that like I, I love those moments but the, the easiness of say the first couple of bosses or the first ten or so bosses or whatever it's just kind of like oh okay Right, this is this is what it is. I took just as great pleasure killing you in one as I would have killing you in ten. Okay, I I mean like um, I I've played this probably seven or eight times. This is one I've played the most. Right, like a lot too much time in Dark Souls two. Uh, first time doing the DLCs though, so that was interesting to have more of an old game that I knew really well, but never saw those. It was super interesting, but uh, yeah, I agree. These, these bosses do not have the adaptability <laughs> of later Souls games. And that does now feel a little bit of a shame. Because there are some really cool boss concepts here. But they play out in a very 
sometimes almost binary way of like, oh, if I'm to the left of you, you will always do this move. Mm -hmm. Like, it's the first time that I've played a game and then sort of saw into the matrix of like what speedrunners see. Of like, oh, I see your triggers. I see your patterns now. And that's not because I'm super Mm -hmm. good. It's just because I'm super familiar with this game. Um, out of curiosity, was there any single boss that did give you trouble? Yes, there was for the stupidest of reasons. I, I must I must have told you this. Right, so to give you a bit of backstory, the way I play the game, I make my Bloodborne build. I had, what did I have? A rapier, a whip, the puzzling sword, and maybe a straight sword. No, a curved sword or something else. And all I do is I dual-wield swords and I run about the place slicing things and rolling and that's all I do. I don't care about... I I wear, like, some cool-looking light armour, some, like, the lightest, rolliest. I'm sitting at 20% of my capacity-type stuff. And the boss that got me the most was the blue smelter demon who turns up in one of the DLCs, it's a, a, a reprisal of an earlier boss who deals a phenomenal amount of dark damage, dark black I think it's it, it's either dark or or um, just in like magic damage. I don't yeah, yeah. remember which. I think, I can't remember which, but he had so many different dark attacks and it just so happened that my particular combination of clothing and rings and everything, it was just so susceptible to that that he just basically like farted and I was nearly dead. <laughs> and then he would he would hit me once and I was nearly dead. A quick as soon as I clocked this, a quick configuration later and some rings and a hat change. And I, I kicked his butt. He had to get the same moveset as the earlier one that I beaten one. It just so happened that I was taking the odd hit and it was killing me. That's it fair. Was a lesson. Like, like it was interesting because, like, we were talking, and it's like, "Oh, hey, I knocked down Blue Smelter Demon first try," and you're like, "Man, he popped me!" And I'm like, "Oh, you know." And and then and then I I struggled with Suralon. Like, I, I there's just something about the herky jerkiness of that. Uh, I forget the name of the sword style. He's just, I think it's Ayajitsu, where it's it's like in the sheath and then out and then back in the sheath kind of thing. Yeah, there's something about that move set that my eyes are just like. I, I can't help you here, Dave. And I just lost... <laughs> it was like two or three times where I had to bang my head up against him, killing those stupid salamanders every time. Uh, but And you were just like, oh, he was a, a doddle. A doddle. It, a doddle, but again, one of my favourites, because he, up until this point, you're like, I step to the left of him, and he does this, and I do this, and I roll this, and he lifts up his sword, and I know he's going to swing there, so I'll roll this way. Subtle on was like the most future forward facing boss more randomized moveset delayed attacks you know like 40 different things that he could do if he's standing 10 feet from you and all the while you're you're lit you're on tenterhooks just waiting to roll or dodge or block is really cool like really really cool and, boss. and you managed to get the uh seppuku uh yes. kill right after at least 10 attacks 10, 11, 12 attempts. I don't know, <laughs> many attempts. But it got to the, it was really nice because by that point I was hollowed again and it got to the point where I had half health 
and you don't need to care because as soon as he hits you once, you've lost that opportunity. So I just let him kill yeah. me a heap of times. Um, really cool. Thank you for telling satisfying. me about that. Oh, oh really, yeah, no problem. Really was. I, I, I love finding out those secret conditions to winning. It's like, hey, it's mm-hmm. cool. Okay, so uh, Dark Souls 2 is also home to a lot of whether we decide fair or unfair criticism. And I'm curious to see your take mm-hmm. on it. Uh, one that I agree wholeheartedly yeah. on is, did you actually grok how soul memory works? No. No. Okay, so, I mean, you were playing offline for a chunk, but um, mm-hmm. I find that... I understand what they're trying to accomplish with it, but I think they ended up doing more harm than good with it, in case anybody else is out there and they don't know how soul memory works. Every soul you collect, whether you spend it or not, is counted. And as you hit certain thresholds, you can then no longer connect to any multiplayer functions below that soul level. And so that means if you're just like, hey, you know what? I really enjoyed the rotten boss fight. I'm going to do it three times. You have may have inadvertently just popped yourself out of, you know, getting any work done in your covenant. And for me, that was my problem because there were a couple bosses where I'm like, ah, you know what? I had fun with the lost sinner. I'm just going to do that fight again and punch her in her stupid head. And by the time I got around to, oh, hey, I should work on my son, bros. It's like nobody's at that level that needs help at all. Like with, you know, Mitha or anything like that. It's just, well, I guess I don't get sunlight medals now. So I, I think... Like now that you've explained that entire bit in one sentence i now understand what you meant when you said you didn't care about the platinum because of that yeah it it just it just locks you out and and granted this is already in a game where most people playing it know what they're doing you're not Mm going to help the newbie finish the last dragon slayer or anything it's just kind of okay we all know what we're doing here um I mean, like, I only got invaded twice, and this is a game where you can be invaded even when you're hollow. Like, being human is not just open. In other Souls games, you only can get invaded when you're human. And so for this, it was your game at all times. If you don't want that, just play offline. Which I think is fair, that's fine. But it really does, it really did ruin the community aspect, even when it came out, because this was back when, like, nobody knew what was going on, and they're like, what's what's a soul memory? I don't know. And then some genius on a pc was just like oh hey here's the tears and everyone's like oh thank god okay we figured this out um that's why there is a ring that is sold in the game i think it's called the gape ring and whenever you collect souls it goes into the ring and they're gone forever but it doesn't count towards your soul memory oh uh, okay so yeah yeah I, th- I think that was a really big flub that dark souls 2 did but i see where it's coming from it was more one of those well there's a fly on the wall, get the flamethrower kind of approach. <laughs> um, now for you, did you have trouble? Because I, I, I can't, I don't know if I can chalk this up to being a fisty build, but I had a lot of trouble with backstabs actually lining up. Like you would do the animation, they would react to that animation, but it wouldn't do any damage because it was really squiffy sometimes. I think you said this like. I thrived on a lot of backstabs. Backstabs are amazing. And throughout mm-hmm. Bloodborne and Elden Ring, 
and anywhere else, it's backstabbing, backstabbing, make backstabby. No problems whatsoever. In actual fact, a lot of the time it felt more lenient to me than Bloodborne. Like, you could be slightly... to Bloodborne was very much, my penis needs to be touching your butt crack <laughs> at exactly the right yeah. angle to backstab you. Whereas this was... If you're a, you could even, like, move around an enemy and backstab them, which I'd never done before. But as soon as I figured out you could do this, I was, like, constantly just strafing to try and backstab people. Uh, and it just... It, I never really had an issue, to be honest. Okay, so then Definitely. I can pretty much chalk that up to fist weapons, I'm guessing. Just being a little yeah, wonky. I never, ever, ever encountered a point where I saw the animation but didn't get damage. Okay. All right, so yeah, then that's not really a knock I can make against it, except in the fist weapons. Work on your fist weapons, guys. Um, well, another it's a backstab. How do you stab with a fist? Well, because you, you, punch. you have... It's not, it's not a back have, punch. You have back, back knocks. You know, the things that look like Wolverine claws? That you, that you wear like brass knuckles with blades coming out of them? You can still just jam it right in the kidney. Um, another divisive feature was, and this is kind of returning from Demon Souls, where... It was a little harsher. Uh, in Demon Souls, when you're human, you have full health. When you're not human, you have fifty percent health. So it was it was a little rough back in Demon Souls days. Oh wow! But in this, you lose maximum health with every death until you hit. I believe it's fifty percent. Fifty percent, unless it might there's be a lower. ring for seventy five. Yeah, yeah. Um, how how does that feel as a Ooh, there is a hell of a thunderstorm coming. Uh, how does it feel Ooh. as a punishment for you? Like, because there's not really anything like that in Bloodborne or Elden Ring. No, I didn't. I didn't take it as a punishment. I just took it as something else to manage, and it became part of a. If I'm exploring, I don't really care, you know, what my health's at because I'll either mm -hmm. football my way through things or kill everyone. It's not a problem. And all it became was making sure that I had enough. Um, would you burn human effigies? Effigies, yeah. Effigy. Uh, to make sure that I could be human for that. I, I always was human when I went against the boss. I would make sure I was in the, you know, like the fittest state I could be in. And the yeah. rest of the time, I didn't care. Okay, that's fair enough. Oh, I, I, I'm sorry. You mentioned footballing again, and I had a question for you, and I forgot mm -hmm. to ask it. So when you're footballing, yeah. do you football through an area when it's your first go at it? Or is yes. this, I've, really? Yeah. Do you not feel like you're missing out on parts of the no. game? No, because what what I generally do, is, it's a bit safety netty, but what I'll do is I'll hit a bonfire and make sure I maximize my soul expenditure so that I'm at, I'm at zero or as close uh -huh. to zero as I can be. And then I take a big deep breath and I go, I'm going to find the next bonfire and I will sprint and I will see a ledge and I'll be like, I'll try rolling off that ledge or I'll try jumping down. There's a staircase, I'll run up that. And if I hit the next bonfire, I'm like, very exhilarating, excitable thing. But then what I'll do from that bonfire is I'll explore backwards until okay, I get back. Right. And, and that's kind of, it's the way I work is I get to the next safety point. And then I work backwards, which sounds so counterproductive because you could easily just move forwards, but it becomes less frustrating because I've already made it past. So now I'm all, I'm already past all of these people. I'm doing it and most people have got their backs to you. 
you know those. So so it's psychologically less of a wall yeah. if you run into a problem because you're like, oh well, I'm already past this. Mm-hmm. That yeah, is a yeah. very odd way to play. A very yeah. odd way. Yeah, yeah. Like like I've never heard anybody play like that. Okay, that's fair enough. All right, so another new thing for Dark Souls 2 was power stancing. Did you muck about with any of this? Yeah, I did, I did power stance. Um, in the end, it was... Was it rapiers? Yeah, it was like two rapiers. And I had a wee play about with it, but by the time I... You told me about it and I forgot, and then I remembered, and then I forgot, and then I remembered, and I forgot. <laughs> uh, by the time I did it, I was kind of already comfy with my katana my rapier my you know my whip i I was already kind of comfy with where i was so i just kind of left it that's fine i I did do uh, power stancing fist weapons because instead of just the one hit you get like jab 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 haymaker that comes out Mm of it and and it's cool when it mixes up your moveset a little bit but yeah, yeah even i don't know i guess it would all depend on weapon type like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry if you can hear the thunderstorm that just hit. So uh, do forgive us if you hear crashes of thunder and rain hitting windows and stuff like that. Pretend you're in England and someone just got murdered. <gasps> and it makes it so much better. Not for the murdered person, however. <laughs> they they really don't enjoy it. Okay. All right. Uh, so into the actual meat of some of the game. A mm-hmm. uh, thing that any souls vet is like i don't care is the tutorial area now you've seen both kind of tactics to this where yeah. in bloodborne and elden ring it's kind of like eh, here's a few people like elden ring is closer to this than bloodborne is in terms of uh-huh. like tutorials how did the tutorial hit you since you didn't know anything about this game going in oh like i just i actually didn't mind it. It was odd because I was getting attacked by those wee piggy things, which was which was generally odd. The thing that I wait, didn't wait, wait, like, wait, not not the little pig, not like Majula area, the one where you can light the torches, go through the fog doors, and oh yeah, no, that's what I'm like, saying. Oh like, okay, in the big circular area there, there are the wee piggy things as well. Oh, are there? Yeah, sorry, yeah. I just skip through that every time. Oh no, no, no! I was like running a bit like mad head. The bit that I didn't like, and it is in all the ga- all the games, I think, is very kind of weird tutorial-y thing. I'll, I don't like it when a pop-up comes up and it just says, like, hold circle to run. I just ignore them. That's why I played the whole of Bloodborne without knowing you could run. <laughs> I was going to say, funny you should mention that specific one, Craig. Yeah, but I just, my mind just does not... I don't like a pop-up that just tells... I, I just ignore it. That's why things like parry and repost I, I I actually read the tutorial this time on how to do it, I never even knew what that meant until I played this like I didn't know you needed to like <laughs> block at a specific point and then R1 to repost attack, like I, I've never ever done that successfully never Um. yeah, that, that that's for people that are a little bit better at shielding than I am, I'm very much mm-hmm. just a stand behind a wall for my first run through is okay we're just going to manage our stamina. That's it. Yeah. Like, for I, it, me, my my defense mechanism is a roll, a sidestep, or strafing and blocking is very 
very rare I'll actually block in. And even even if I'm two-handing, like a lot of the game, I two-handed a katana. And mm-hmm. when you block, clearly when you hold L1, you tilt the sword and you take less damage and you lose a wee bit of stamina. I get it. And it's probably better to do it. But I've set myself on this path of just not doing it, which <laughs> is just really weird. I, I, there's something aesthetically pleasing to me about Sword and Board, right? I don't know if it lends to, like, realism or whatever. I don't know exactly why it's so aesthetically pleasing to me. But I enjoy uh, Sword and a Shield or Mace and a Shield, whatever. Um, eventually, the way my playthroughs go is, like, first playthrough is Sword and Board because that's what I like the most, right? Like, it's just mm-hmm. fun for me. And then it's, okay, then Magic, no Shield. And then Miracles, no Shield. And then Pyromancy, no Shield. And then it's eventually, okay, melee, no shield. Um, this time I went through with dual Cestus and dual Claws until I finished the base game. And I'm like, okay, let's change this up a bit. And I went two-handed. Uh, you know the Mastodon weapon? This is the Mastodon halberd, the one the big elephant guys have? <gasps> yeah, yep, yep, I was yep. like, oh, you know what? I like that sucker. And then I just went two-hand, no shield through the DLC, which was all new to me, which that's a new experience for me. It's like, oh, I, I can't rely on my shield. I I have seen many, many places where it's, if you play with a shield, you're playing it wrong. I disagree. I think mm. it adds a cool element of stamina management more on top of the dodging, but that's an argument uh-huh. for another time. Um... No, no, like stamina, like for me, I, t- I told you the other night, I ended up doing the weird killing the last giant over and over, or the lord, the last lord giant, the lord yeah, last giant. Giant lord, yeah. The giant lord, that's the one, over and over again. And the one time I did block, it knocked out all of my stamina. stamina. I was stunned and he smacked me in the head and I died. And I was like, <laughs> well, that block was useless. That's... I'm never blocking again. Um, yeah. Yeah, for I, me, that, that just adds a fun extra wrinkle of, okay, I have to know exactly how much stamina each attack takes. I have to know exactly how much stamina my attacks take. And you get to do this fun, like, weird little management sim. It's also, yeah. it is also the most comfortable way to play through it. Because, well, fuck, I'll just block it, whatever. So I understand <laughs> it. Um, okay. So more on your interview. Oh Medjula okay. mm-hmm. or scattered NPCs? Which do you I enjoy see, more? I started off not liking Medjula. I was a bit like, oh, I, don't, I keep on coming back to this place. By the end of it, it makes perfect sense. I love this. I I loved it. The Elden Ring, just after I finished it, like three minutes after I finished it, introduced that thing where it told you on the map where the NPCs were. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> that was the worst timing ever. <laughs> Really, the worst time ever. This, you know exactly. If, if, you know exactly where everyone is, where your blacksmith is, where your vendor is, where this, that, the others, where your armory is. Everything's there, and there's also cheekily a trophy for getting all of the NPCs back there. So if you have not got that trophy, then there's still someone out there to find. And I love yeah. that. Like I oh, loved, oh, yeah. I love that approach. I, I that that is one of the things like. And Bloodborne kind of did that half measure where, like, some you could gather some people at the cathedral, but if you wanted to go visit mm-hmm. Alfred, you'd still have to make your way through that cathedral section. And you're like, ah, well, I don't yeah. really need to talk to Alfred. I, I really like just that feeling of coming home 
and being like, okay, mm-hmm. let's do some item management or let's do some blacksmithing and then we'll go back out into the field. I really like that feel. Yeah. Also, the music from Majula mm-hmm. will just mm-hmm. forever live in my brain. I love that little plinking melody. It's, it's great. Okay. All right. Um, did you have a problem with fall damage? Because, boy, I forgot how strict uh, Dark Souls 2 is with fall damage. Do you know, I I didn't have near as much damage as this, with this as I did with Elden Ring. Like, Elden Ring, we made that joke before. It was like, you fall 82.1 meters and you're fine, and you fall 82.2 <laughs> meters and you're dead. Um, so I, I didn't have a lot of... Um, dealings with the biggest bit with fall damage was when you first try and go down the well and you die a reasonable amount of time or I died a reasonable amount of times trying to platform my way down there um, but the rest of the time not like every time any time I died from fall damage it was when I was on a football run and I was just like well I'll jump off there and see what happens okay that's fair enough uh, me yeah I like like I always underestimate exactly how much health I need to make that first leap into mm-hmm. the well and it just always gets me every time but yeah there were a lot of places where, like oh I'll just jump down here oh geez there goes like 70 percent of my health um especially in places like the gutter and um not so much oh, black yeah, gulch yeah. but the gutter specifically was rough in terms of I shouldn't have made that jump all right when Dark Souls 2 first came out, they had showed off a really, really, really light-dependent um, engine. And due to mm. behind-the-scenes stuff, I'm not sure what it could have... There's a lot of theories that, like, oh, maybe it just couldn't get it running on consoles, things like that. Um, the base version of the game was not near as dark as the Scholar is, the version of Scholar. Like, when you went okay. to the gutter, you really sort of didn't oh. need a torch. It was light enough. Uh-huh. How did the were you ever felt like you were forced to use a torch? I I finished the game with four and a half hours worth of torch. <laughs> I hope like, you're gonna load I, it up and just stand there with your torch. I no, what I ended up doing, I went back and I like lit all the torches on Canary Wharf, and then lit all the torches and anywhere that I could find, like in the iron keep those torches like i just let as many torches as i could i started as soon as i figured out because i think comically i said to you i don't know where my torch is it's not in the inventory and you were like look there there's a time that is your torch and i was like oh oh i don't like the way this works in the end it doesn't matter in the no but it is a little weirdly implemented of like you can't equip a torch yeah um, unless you've got a flame butterfly. Uh, the best kind of butterfly, from what I hear. I, I, I get some weird, like, there's some weird completionist thing that ticks in my brain of, like, and I have lit all the torches in the gutter, I'm ready to move on. You know, like, that kind yeah. of thing. Um, So you didn't really, you completed the whole game without feeling the need. How did the gutter go, then? The gutter, and the bit after that, the 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 rotten of the dam, the Black Gulch, I got to the gutter, almost accidentally going down the hole, got through the gutter, almost accidentally, because I was just incredibly lucky, got through Black Gulch, incredibly accidentally, because I was rolling like a madhead while poisoned, and then killed the rotten in one go, 
and never went back to the gutter. Really? Yeah. That's like, I, I, impressive? I didn't I didn't like the gutter. I, well, no, no, that's unfair. I really liked the gutter as a thing, but my God, I was terrified the entire time I was in there of rolling <laughs> off something. Or do- so... I, it it was one accidental run, and I like I was super, I was like I got to the end, killed the rot, and then I was like, oh my god, that's amazing! And then I stood in one of the puddles in there and degraded all of my equipment after I killed the boss. Ha! Um, yeah, those acid puddles do not fuck around. Mm-hmm. They they like especially in like Aldi's keep where you run into like the pit. Yeah, they they don't. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. And now see, so so I'm curious then. And this is not a a well. You didn't see it. Like so, if you're if you were doing that in the gutter, did you not like find the giant ant? Oh like, no! The I killed queen? the giant ant. I didn't. I didn't sprint through the place. I killed the oh, ant. Okay. Queen. Okay. And and I I did see bits and bobs, and I cleared out enemies. It wasn't like it wasn't a football run through it. Mm. It was just a once through it and I'm done when you get to the bit where you're in a wooden box and you can see another bonfire at the other side of it and there's 40 ladders and and half of them (laughs) if you crawl down you know you're going to die it it just until I realised you could roll through a wall I was just on tenterhooks the entire time and then I got to the Black Gulch and things started coming out the wall and the pools of oil and stuff and I was just like oh my god I'll just run and then before I knew it it was boss time it was really exciting. I, uh, I um, there's it, it's a tradition in Souls games to have the miserable zone. Uh, I'd be very curious to see what you think of in Dark Souls three and one of the miserable mm-hmm. zone. I think the gutter is probably my favorite of it because it's just so hard to wrap your brain about. Okay, this platform mm-hmm. leads to this platform leads to this. So yeah, I, I really like the gutter. Okay, sorry, we shouldn't talk. I, I do have a the the other thing I'll knock it for in terms of the darkness is when you have a lock on system, the darkness is kind of obviated by just clicking in the thumbstick every now and again to see if you, oh hey locked on to somebody there he is yeah yeah I mean I my biggest gripe with the whole game is probably the lock on system like oh really well I, let's expand on it man it, like so you can lock on to certain enemies. From what feels like miles away, yet an inordinate amount of times I would be running away from someone, as you do, look back with the camera and try and lock on to them when they're chasing you from three feet away, yet the camera just snaps back round. Uh, and you just like, kind of have a mini seizure, you're like, oh, no. you're like, oh yeah. my god. Like, that happens so many times. I felt like I could lock on to someone miles away at points, but at other points, it just would not lock on and it was doing my box and it was really do- because it's so many t- it would cause i mean looking back now it was kind of funny and i was always like oh my god and you would get through it you would kill whatever was chasing you but sometimes you're just like oh just give me a break so out of curiosity uh since we i i don't play that way like do mm-hmm. you have that problem in in bloodborne and elden ring as well no no, okay, but, so it is something they fixed then. Yeah, yeah, I've never ever had that problem in either of those. And I'm pretty sure for Bloodborne, I probably didn't lock on too much because I probably didn't know you could lock on. 
<laughs> because these are stupid tutorial messages. How do you know what they? I found out? Do you know what I found out in this? Huh. Women, you hold down circle and you slide down a ladder. Did you know that if you hold down circle, you go up a ladder quicker? Yes. I did not know this until near the end of the game. <laughs> There's always something, Craig. Every time we do one of these, there's always something that's like, well, duh. I just obviously skipped the tutorials. I learned what parry and repost was, and you can run up a ladder. So so we learned one thing per game. Bloodborne, we learned we can run. In this, we learned we can run up ladders. I can't yeah. wait to see what we learn in later ones. All right, yeah. so uh, down to the more ethereal complaints about this game that I'm curious about your opinion on is... Mm-hmm. This is a uh, divide in the Soul series. I won't tell you what side I fall on, but probably my wordage will betray me. Yep. So there is a half of the Souls community that's like more dorks in armor. I like a duel. And then there's the other mm-hmm. half is like, dude, give me giant monsters. Yeah. Where do you fall on that? Because Dark Souls 2 is skewed heavily towards dorks in armor. Yeah. Um, I, the dorks in armor, I... It's really weird. I've I've spoken to you a wee bit about this, so you know a wee bit. But like yeah. some of my favorite bosses in this are like your Suralon and that side of things because I felt Dark's like when Dark's armor. But I, I really like when you face a mob of a lot of a lawn knights or whatever they're called. That was painful. That was really painful. But the the mirror shield guy was pretty cool to fight. You know, Suralon was pretty cool. The Human guy was like I had fun with that. I had the least amount of fun when I was attacking the Iron Giant's ankles, or you know, like the two giants down under Black Gulch, or the three giants under Black Gulch. I I just big slow lumbering things are much easier to kill than quick. Your Vicar Amelia's. Yeah, and that's that's exactly what I was going to say. Like Vicar Amelia. And Father Gascoigne are so much better bosses than your amygdala and that side of things. Ooh, my friend. Mm-hmm. I know. We are. I know. Uh, in my notes, I have it exactly as that. It's like armor mm-hmm. dorks versus ankle poking. Yeah. Um, I, I'm very much the opposite. If I want to see a dork in armor, I have Google. If I want to see a giant skeleton in a frog mouth, that's why I come to these games. Yeah. I I love your amygdalas, your mm-hmm. Ebriotuses, your Demon of Songs. Like like those are the reason I like to play these games. Yeah, I I like them, and in design they are far better. Especially Demon Song Slayer Frog Lady Skeleton it, <laughs> is. I told you I didn't know anyone's names. Is much better to look at, much maybe funner to fight and. Just all round more enjoyable, but you know, Suralon was incredibly frustrating to try and figure out what he's doing and where he's going, and it was twitchy and it was, but that's more exhilarating and in the end more satisfying. So that's where I'm coming from. Ooh, and I see, I yeah, I I think it's more satisfying to kill something forty times your size and but, like like they, they were dead even easy. They've dead easy. They just like the the last Lord Giant guy just tries to stand on you a couple of times. Okay, now hold on a minute. Hold on. So the first boss in this that everybody will run into unless you go Hades is the last giant. 
There's a story reason why he's so weak, and that's because you killed him in the past, and he's just stuck down here. I'm fine with that. If you have a cool design and a concept, I don't care what the boss plays like at all, really. Oh, like, I think okay. that's where we're a little different. I think, like, yeah, yeah. Like, I, he's not one of my favorite bosses, but, like, the Covetous Demon. Love that guy! He's a big slimy dude! He's just cool! Um, I, I messaged you after him, I was like... Clearly the worst boss so far, Covet Steven. <laughs> you are not the only one that slapped that on that list. Whereas for me, and this this is going to sound damning, Craig, but mm-hmm. um, we'll get more into this when we talk about the actual things. The, the worst bosses for me are the things like the Pursuer, like the last Dragon Slayer. It's a, oh, look, it's a dork in an armor. Yeah, whatever. It's a fucking dork. Uh, yeah, I just... They don't interest me on a imaginary level because turns out I can probably go to some middle European country and find a dude that looks like that dude. Yeah. So yeah, I, so I didn't think we were that split, but you're, you're a dork in armor. I'm a a ankle poker. I like it. Ah. Just to say though, like demon song swan as the best boss design and everything. And 100% just amazing. Like, Amygdala and Ebriatus were amazing, like spectacular fights, but at the end of the day, much easier than other. Okay, so smaller. for you, for a boss to be memorable, it has to be more than just a cool design. Yeah, most of my memories that I can think of come from those times where I have really struggled to beat someone. Okay, that, that, I mean, and then every once in a while you have that really good middle ground like uh, Alfred in the old Hunters where it's like, you're yes. a demon horse face guy with a sword. Uh-huh. You're yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, or Cause. Like, Cause is a really cool middle ground for me. Cause is the best. Mid- yes, that is a great example. Whereas, like, I will take a Last Giant over even Fume Knight just because... Well, at least you're interesting to look at. You don't have a face. You rip your arm off to hit me. That's that's just cool. Uh, okay, that boss. Not not. We we should save that for boss content. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. So here's uh, if you don't mind. There's a few things that I I noticed about myself while playing this, and oh. I'm curious to see how, how you fall on these. Um, I think Souls games are get 100 less interesting the moment you have completed your build. Like, the moment where you're leveling up and you're like, well, I got what I was shooting for. I don't know. I guess I'll toss this in vigor, whatever. That is, like, the exact moment where the Souls games get way less interesting. I, I, yeah, this isn't even from Dark Souls 2 because that on, on Dark Souls 2... I got so far, and then I just started buying random shit. Like, I'm not wasting these souls, but I'm not leveling up. Um, Until Mr. Experimenty over level. But Elden Ring was the one for me that I ended up, I got to a level that I was happy with, which I think was level 100. And then I, or was it level 8? I can't remember. It might be 80 or 100. It wouldn't have been 90, because that's an odd, odd start number. Anyway, I got to that level, and then I just started leveling up a random stat like attunement or it wasn't even attunement in, in Elden yeah Ring, I think you were talking about just banking them in case you need yeah, them yeah exactly and then I thought if I ever need this I'll respec but for now I'll do 
And for this, I got to a certain level, which was by the end of the game, 112. And I was just happy. I was just happy. So I did not level up again. Does that, do you feel a sense of satisfaction or is that a, oh, I don't need to level anymore? It's, It's an absolute sense of satisfaction. It's a sense that I've completed a bit of the game. You've not fought all the bosses. You've not completed the actual game. You've not saw the credits, but you're ready for it now. And you don't need to worry about I'm carrying half a million souls and what happens if I die? You die, you die. Oh, maybe it is the stat dork in me that's just like, oh, should I just start over and try (laughs) a different build? Um, Because, again, I I don't know exactly how you play, but for me, I go into every game, even like a new one, like Elden Ring. It's like, okay, I am going to be this kind of character. I will not muck with any miracles, spells, any of that, unless I am focused on that. Because I like, um, with Souls games limiting myself so much that okay i now have to figure this problem out as a sword and board user or as a sorcery user only and for me that that makes me feel more comfortable with the limits i can push each build to are you a well i'm gonna find the right key for this lock or are you i'm gonna force my key into this lock and it's gonna turn oh no force my key like that's that's the problem i had with blue smelter demon was i started With my dual wielding, I ended up with my two-handing a katana and rolling and I just, I, I didn't even, I don't think I leveled up health too much by the, like maybe to 20 or something Health is like always that. the last thing you level, right? Like it's always yeah. the, I want to hit harder, I want to wear heavier stuff. Okay, I guess I can do oh, health see, now. No, I don't do that. It's, oh. I want to roll more. <laughs> okay. Like endurance is one of the first things I level up quite a lot, and obviously dexterity. And just a slight aside, but ninety nine percent of the weapons in this game are strength dominant. Weapons. Oh yes, it's, it's very a very strength focused game. Yeah, it's very rare you come across like a good S rated scaling dexterity weapon. That's why the whip jumped out. I got a, a random whip, and it was S rated dexterity, and I was like. May as well give it a shot. Uh, <laughs> um, there's nothing you, else for me. Did you futz about at all with infusions? I infused the actually the whip. I I oh. gave myself a pot a poisoned whip because you could just like whip 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 whip. It had a lot of good kind of speedy uh, distance to its whippingness, so I ended up with a poisoned whip. Um, good choice i ended up with poison my 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 entire strategy was the cestuses don't hit hard but they hit fast so it's like okay Mm -hmm. i'll make both of my cestuses poison punch man until poisoned then switch to claws which are bleed now okay so i was very much almost a status build in this yeah that's that uh, that's something i i wouldn't normally even do like my i i have a key and it will fit this door extends to I don't use magic. I will not level up my health. I will keep this katana in my two hands and I am going to make it work. I don't use... Like, I thought about infusions, but to me, the detriment to the physical hitting ability of my mm-hmm. katana was too... It was The price was too high. So I just It is in a lot to, of these games. Like, like you, mm-hmm. you see that number drop and you're like, ooh, ooh. Yeah. Um, it, and it, it and I learned... Junk. 
it does. It, it, you know, you drop from 100 to 70 and you're like, well, mm-hmm. is it worth it? Um, the only things that um, I personally am not comfortable with are doing things like mundane weapons. Like, did you check that out? I, I looked at mundane mundane weapons and what was the other one? Raw? Mundane. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, raw was really guff. It was just actual guff because you lost all of your stat scaling yeah. for a wee boost in physical. Like, I, I think raw is useful for if you're playing a low offensive stat, like if you're playing a caster, you can now have a heavy longsword that does a oh, lot of damage okay. without needing strength scaling. I, I <laughs> Mundane, if, if I remember right, and this is something I'm not really up on, mundane is the closer your stats are to even, as in 20 across the board, the stronger a mundane weapon gets. Oh. Which is really weird, right? Yeah, that is weird because nobody, surely... Like, no, nobody would stumble across that. That is very much no. a, I'm going to go in and make a mundane build. I'm totally going to Google mundane builds after this just to see. <laughs> um, okay, so one thing I want to talk about is the story. Oh. And we're not going to do a deep dive into the story because that opens like the can of worms for all the weird lore people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I appreciate the story of these games. I like them quite a bit. We had a small discussion on how the moment-to-moment gameplay for you detracts from the story. Would you like to expand on that a little bit? Um, I don't, I don't think I don't think moment-to-moment gameplay detracts from the story. It's, I'm more focused on the moment-to-moment. Yeah, I don't mean and, detract as in makes it lesser. It's just oh, your right, focus. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. My focus is on the combat, getting to the boss, fighting the boss. I I like reading the lore and trying to roughly figure things out. And it kind of like to me, all of these games so far have been about some sort of cyclical event, and you're stuck and you're trapped and you're doing something. And you've got to get out of it, and at some point you'll sit on a throne, maybe. And that <laughs> kinda. So I kind of take that and I roll with it but I am not I don't do a deep dive in the story I still haven't googled which much to my shame I shouldn't be saying on recording but I haven't googled you know like no, that's fair Dark, enough. Dark Souls 2 story, story explained because I kind of just don't care that, that that's fair enough man like like I, I think that's a that's very much a player centric idea like mm-hmm. you're either because I went from somebody who was super into the story, got fed up with the lore community, and I don't mean fed up in a bad way. It was just you guys are going places I can't go, um, mm-hmm. because it's weird, right? Like th- we can cut this if it's super boring or whatever, but it's weird. So you had Dark Souls one, right? And that was the first game to do this. There's a story here. You're gonna have to find it. Demon Souls was kind of like that, but not near as cohesive, and. People went nuts figuring out, okay, wait, but if you take this item description, this says what happens to Lawtrek, and and this one says what happens to the Primal Serpent, you know, things Mm. like that, right? And then it went this really weird path where I started to see parallels between what happens in super religious people and the Dark Souls Um, community. Like, they started doing that thing where, okay, it says this. But maybe it actually means this because I think that's cooler in my head. And it's like, guys, that's not what it said, but okay. 
Anyway, yeah, so so the lore's, lore community went funky, right? So Dark Souls 2 comes out, and everybody immediately goes to, how does this connect to Dark Souls 1? And so you start playing through it, and you're like, oh, is this, is the main area of Dark Souls 1 is called Lordran. And you're like, oh, is this Lordran? Is this Lordran? Is this, and it's like, guys, no. Like, I like the thematic place Dark Souls 2 goes, because mm-hmm. every Dark Souls 1 reference in this game, it's broken, it's busted, it's useless anymore, right? Like, it, it's just, everything that comes out from Dark Souls 1, it is decrepit. And yeah. to me, I took that as very much the creator saying, no, don't worry about Dark Souls 1. That's that's in the past. This is new. Mm-hmm. This is Dark Souls 2. And the community went ape shit. Oh, just geez. like... Oh my gosh, they did Dark Souls 1 dirty. Oh my god. And they just went nuts. And I'm like, but the theme of the game is how the past doesn't matter. Like, like it just doesn't. Because yeah. countless kingdoms have risen and fallen on this land. I don't even remember the names of half of them. Like, they mm-hmm. say it a zillion times in the game. It's just... So yeah, I, I went from being a lore guy to a, you know, I'm just going to focus on gameplay. Yeah. Maybe read a wiki afterwards. And that's that. So I understand that... Um, that what compulsion to just go there's a cool story here i ain't gonna figure it out yet instead i'm gonna stab this guy in the head yeah i understand that completely uh, the, on- the only difference has been like bloodborne i took slight more interest to i think cause i was felt more invested in that game as a whole because it was the first from game that i was kind of making the active progress in, and like in dribs and drabs and wee bits and bobs here and there but it felt really meaty to get it into. also did that switch like it did that yeah yeah double fake it was pretty cool the way it did this this is very much more of a stand not a standard story geez that makes it feel sound bad but a a linear story whereas dark souls yeah or bloodborne's all like hi we're about werewolves no we're actually about space monsters yep. um so yeah um, okay, so that's fine. Maybe when we're done the boss episode, I'll be like, Craig, explain me the story. Well, just to see, <laughs> out of curiosity, what actually, you know, hit okay. you. Yep. Um, all right, so we are getting to the end of episode one. We will be doing episode two because we're already at a decent chunk of time. And we'll talk about uh, the bosses, the areas, what made an impact on us in terms of gameplay with those bosses and areas. So uh, you can join us next time when we talk about things like the rotten, the gutter, mm-hmm. the rotten, because <laughs> you just bonfire aesthetic, and then the gutter. <laughs> um, okay, so thank you very much for listening. And if you are either a yay or a nay for our opinions, do let us know. I like, especially about a game I'm I'm this um, invested in. Yeah. Or guests I, that I, I like a lot, so I don't know. Dave, I'm I'm a yay for our opinions, just to be clear. I I completely agree with us. Oh, I've been wrong. Like I personally, I I, I can't stand big monster fights. I love armor dorks. Uh, I just <laughs> you know figured devil's advocate and all that. All right, so yeah, if you have an opinion, do let us know. I'm well stoked to read any opinion people send us. It's always fun, and we will catch you next time when we talk about the bosses and the areas of Dark Souls Two. Craig. Yes. Burner human effigy this evening. We're gonna need it. Alright. Uh, so we're gonna take a quick break, probably use the bathroom, and be back to record episode two, but you won't get it for a week. Haha! 
Thank you very much for listening, and we will catch you next time. Bye.